Next Chapter Podcasts. Next Chapter Podcasts presents the play on podcast series, The Winter's Tale. Episode 6, The Same Sun That Shines. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. And remember, it is required you awake your faith. Father, you'll know more of me in good time. Wonderful, sir. I look forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) The shepherd's simple and tells much, Camillo. This flirtation between my son and his daughter has gone on too long. It's time to part them. Mm -hmm. How goes it, young shepherd? Where is your mirth? Sir? Your heart seems full of something that distracts from the feast. In truth, when I was young and struck by love as you are, I was known to smother my sweetheart with souvenirs. I would have bought the peddler's treasury and placed it at her feet. (laughs) You've let him leave and have bought nothing. If your lady love's interpretation takes that gesture as a lack of love, you would be forced to answer for this neglect, at least if you're concerned with your girl's happiness. (laughs) Old sir. I know she prizes not quaint trifles such as these. The gifts she wants from me are packed and locked up in my heart, which I have given already, but not delivered. Oh, hear me speak, my love. Before this ancient man who <laughs> it should seem at one time loved, I take your hand. Oh. This hand, as soft as dove's down or newborn lamb, or moonlight's glow or powdered snow that's sifted by the northern blast twice o'er. What's (laughs) happening here? How dexterously the young man seems to ply that hand that was already soft. Yes. Uh, Pardon. Move on to your elucidation. Say what you profess. And you'll be witness to it? And this my neighbor, too. Uh, uh, Yale. And he, Hmm. and more than he, and men, (laughs) the earth, the heavens, and all, that were I crowned the most imperial monarch and one most worthy, were I the fairest youth that ever made eyes dance or possessed knowledge greater than any man's, I would not prize them without her love, for she employs them all commends them and condemns them to her service or to their own perdition. Fairly offered. (laughs) This shows real affection. But my daughter, say you the same to him? I cannot speak so well. Nothing so well, no. Nor mean better. In the template of my own thoughts, I now trace the sanctity of his. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Join hands a wedding. 
unknown, you shall bear witness to it. I give my daughter to him and will make her dowry equal his. Her dowry is the virtue of her soul. Upon a death, I shall inherit more than heir will need, enough to cause your wonderment. Well, uh, but come, contract us for these witnesses. Oh, come, your hand and daughter, yours. Wait, friend. <laughs> a moment, please. Oh. Have you a father? I do, but <laughs> what of him? Knows he of this? He neither does nor shall. <laughs> it seems a father is at the wedding of his son, a guest that compliments the table. Uh -huh. I ask again, has your good father grown incapable of reasonable affairs? Has he declined from brain decay or age? Can he speak? Here, no man for man, conduct his own estate? Is he bedridden and again does nothing but what he did in the nursery? Uh, no, <laughs> good sir, he has his health and ampler strength indeed than most have at his age. By my white beard. <laughs> if this is so, you offer him a wrong somewhat unfilial. It's right a son should choose himself a wife but just as right that his father, whose joy lies nowhere else but in his posterity, should hold some counsel in such a business. I will grant you this, mm -hmm. <laughs> but for some other reasons, my grave sir, which I can't share with you, I'll not acquaint my father of this business. I'll let him know it. He shall not. Pray you, let him. No, he must not. Let him, my son. He'll have no need to grieve at hearing of your choice. No, no, he must not. Witness our marriage. Witness your divorce. Oh, It's the king. Father. I will not call you son. You are too base to be acknowledged. You, a kingdom's heir, who couples with a sheep hook. You. Old traitor, I'm sorry that by hanging you, I'll only cut short your life one week. Uh, and you, fresh piece of excellent witchcraft, who, of course, must know the royal fool you're betting. Oh, oh, my heart. <gasps> Sir, I don't... I'll have your beauty scratched with briars that made more homely than your station. And you, boy... If I may ever hear you even sigh that you no more will see this toy, for never will I allow it, I'll bar you from succession, consider you a stranger, not my kin, an orphan of this world. In this, believe me. Follow us to the court. Uh, I, uh, you clod! Oh. Though full of our displeasure, for the time you're spared the lethal blow of it. Oh. And you, enchantment, Good enough for a herdsman, even for him who's marred himself, except my blood within him's too worthy for you. If ever, henceforth, you the rural latches to your entrance open, or hoop his body round with your embraces, I will devise a death as cruel for you as you are frightened of it. Hey, Play On Podcast listeners, I want you to be a part of the cast. 
Become a supporting cast member with Play On Podcasts for just $5 a month. Get in-depth interviews featuring some of the most brilliant artists working today. I talk to actors, playwrights, directors, and producers from the worlds of theater and Hollywood, pulling back the curtain on why they got into their profession, why these stories are so relevant today, and providing context on the process of making these plays in the podcast format. You'll enjoy ad-free episodes of the Play On podcast series, and maybe even a gift or two. Head over to playonpodcasts.com Click Supporting Cast and join the club today. We so love creating this content for you, and we hope you'll support us so we can bring you inside this rejuvenated, reimagined Shakespearean world. Join the cast. Supporting Cast. Go to ncpodcasts.com. done but I was not afraid and once or twice I was about to speak and tell him plainly that the same sun that shines upon his court hides not its warm light from our cottage but shines onto both the same yes please prince be gone I told you what would come of this be gone of your own state take care this dream of mine being now awake, I'll queen it no inch farther, but milk my ewes and weep. I would say you, father, speak before dying. I cannot speak or think or dare to know that which I know. You prince, you have undone a man of 83 that hoped to fill his grave in quiet and to die upon the bed my father died, to lie close by his honest bones. But now, some hangman will put on my shroud and dump me where no priest shovels in dirt. Oh, father. Oh, cursed wretch. You knew this was the prince, and yet you dared to take up vows with him? Undone. Undone. If I should die within this hour, I'll have lived to die when I desire. Dear love, why do you look at me that way? I am sorry, but not afraid. Delayed, but nothing's altered. What I was, I remain, more straining on for being pulled back, not following my leash willingly. Gentle, my lord, you know your father's temper. For the time he will allow no speech, which I suppose you've no intent of making, and as he will neither welcome sight of you, I fear, until the fury of his highness settles, go not before him. I do not intend to. Are you Camillo? It is I, my lord. How often did I warn you this would be? How often said our promises would last only until found out? We cannot fail unless we give up on our faith. 
and then let nature crush the sides of the earth together and ruin the seeds within. Lift up your eyes. For my succession, wipe me, father. I am heir to my affection. Be advised. I am, and by my passion. If my reason will to that be obedient, then I'll be sane. If not, my senses, more inclined toward madness, shall bid it welcome. This is desperate, sir. So name it. But it does fulfill my vow. And hear this from my honest heart, Camillo. Not for Bohemia, not for the prince that may someday be kinged, for all the sun seas or the rich earth holds or the deepest sea hides in unknown fathoms will I break my oath to her, my fair beloved. Therefore, I beg you, because you've been my father's honored friend, when he shall miss me, for in truth I mean not to see him any more, cast your cool words upon his passion. Let myself and fate wrestle for the time to come. Know this and pass it upward to him. I have sailed away with her who I cannot hold here on the shore and most opportune to our needs. I have a sailboat docked nearby, though not prepared for this. What course I mean to take shall not concern you to have knowledge of, nor will concern me sharing it. My lord, I wish your spirit were easier to advise or felt more needful of it. Yes. Oh, Perditor. I'll be right back. He's unpersuadable. Resolved to leave. I would be happy if his leaving could be used to serve my needs, save him from danger, show the king love and honor, and have the sight again of dear Cecilia, and that unhappy king, my master, whom I thirst to see. All right. Oh, apologies, Camillo. I'm so fraught with anxious business that I forget all my manners. Sir, I think you've heard of several services I've done for the love that I have for your father. Of course, you've served him well. It is my father's music to praise your deeds and also his desire to have deeds granted you in turn. Many thanks. If you may please to know I love the king... And through him what's nearest to him, which is your gracious self, take hold of my direction. If your considered and well-thought-out plan will bend to alteration on mine honor, I'll steer you where you shall have such receiving as will become your highness, where you may enjoy your lady, for whom I can see you'd sooner, gods forbid, court madness than be parted from. And there you'll marry her. And in your absence, with my best persuasion, your discontented father strive to rectify and bring him to acceptance. How, Camillo, may this almost a miracle be done? I would assess you closer to a god and humbly bow to you. Have you decided upon your destination? (sighs) We haven't yet. But as these unforeseen events have caused us to act hastily, we now profess ourselves to be wards of chance and pawns of every wind that blows. Listen to me. My plan is this. If you will not change your resolve to make for your escape, head for Sicilia, and there present yourself in your fair princess, for so I see she must be, for Leontes. She will be given treatment that becomes the bride of a prince. I can almost see Leontes opening wide his arms and weeping his welcomes forth, beseeching son, forgiveness of you, your father's surrogate, kissing 
your fresh princess, Oranor dividing his words between his sadness and his joy. The one he chastens, the other bids to grow faster than thought or time. Worthy Camillo, what reason for my visitation shall I offer to him? Sent by the king, your father, to greet him and to give him comforts. Sir, the manner of your bearing towards him, along with what you, as from your father, shall deliver, thinks known between us three. I'll write this down, that which shall guide your way at every sitting, what you must say, so he will be convinced that you bring your good father's greetings forth and speak his warmest heart. I am bound to you. There is some worth in this. Of course, more promising than the hasty dedication of yourselves to unpathed waters, unknown shores, most certainly with miseries to spare, no one to help you. You'd exchange one misfortune for another, nothing more certain than your anchors that at best can only hold you in a place where you are loath to be. Besides, you know, prosperity's the very bond of love, whose fresh complexion and whose heart together alters affliction. One of these is true. I think misfortune may subdue the cheek, but not suppress the spirit. Do you think so? (laughs) There shall not at your father's house be born another one of your grace. Good Camillo, she is as high above our wisdoms as she's far below our births. I cannot pity that she lacks an education, for she is a teacher to the teachers. Sir, for this I'll bless you thanks. Oh, my prettiest Perdita. Oh, love, (laughs) the thorns we stand upon. Uh, Camillo, caretaker of my father. Now, of me, the medicine of our house, what shall I wear? I'm not attired as fair Bohemia's prince. Won't be believed in Sicilia. My lord, fear none of this. I think you know my fortunes are housed there. It shall be my great pleasure to have you royally appointed as if the scene you play were mine to direct. (laughs) So you shall not want for anything. Listen. (laughs) What a fool honesty is. And trust his sworn brother, a very simple gentleman. I have sold all my trumpery. Not a counterfeit jewel, not a ribbon, hand mirror, potpourri, brooch, diary, ballad, knife, tape, glove, shoelace, bracelet, or earring to keep my pack from going hungry. They jostled to see who would buy first, as if my trinkets had been hallowed and brought a benediction to the buyer. By which means I saw whose purse was fattest and flung open. And what I saw for my good use I remembered for later... The shepherd's son, who was only a notch or two short of passing intelligence, fell so in love with the wench's song that he would not budge an inch until he had learned both tune and words, which soon stampeded the rest of the herd to me, transfixed like turkeys in a rainstorm. Oh, You could have pinched a milk jug and gone unnoticed. And it was nothing to slice the sack off a man. I could have filed keys off that hung in chains. They had no feeling, no hearing, for anything but that clown song and admiring the noise of it, so that during this time of stupefaction, 
I picked and stole most of their purses. And had not the old shepherd started a hubbub against his daughter and the king's son and scared my fish from the bait, I had not left a purse alive in the whole ocean. Yes, and my letter, by this means being there as soon as you arrive, shall clear that doubt. If they have overheard me now, then hanging... Raises on you. All that you say seems wise. And those that you'll procure from King Leontes? Shall satisfy your father. I know this prince well. I smell a gambit here. Who have we here? We'll make an instrument of him, pass by nothing that might help us. How goes it, good fellow? Why shake you so? Fear not, man, we intend you no harm. I am a poor fellow, sir. Why then calm yourself? Nobody wants to steal that from you. Yet, for the (laughs) garments of your property, we must make an exchange. Therefore, remove your clothing and understand it's necessary that you trade attire with this gentleman. And though he'll get the worst end of the bargain, here's extra coin for you. I am a poor, poor fellow, sir. Well, now, please, undress. The gentleman is half-naked already. Are you in earnest, sir? Undress, and quickly! Well, you see, I have been earnest, so I can now with conscience take your money. I'm just a poor, poor, poor fellow, sir. (sighs) Unbuckle! Unbuckle! Hurry, hurry, hurry up! No, hand me that shirt. Here you go. Fortunate mistress, let my calling you by that name stick fast. You must conceal yourself into some hiding place. Take your love's hat and pull it o'er your brows. Shadow your face, uncostume you, and, as you can, tamp down your sparkling demeanor so that you may, for I fear eyes are watching, get on board the ship unseen. I see the play is cast, and I must act a part. (laughs) No remedy. The Play On podcast series, The Winter's Tale, was translated into modern English verse and directed by Tracy Young. The cast is as follows. Elijah Alexander as Leontes. Kayla Carter as Perdita and Amelia. Gina Daniels as Hermione, Mopsa, Shepherd's Servant, and Paulina Stewart. Rodney Gardiner as Polixenes. Elijah Goodfriend as Mamilius. Ian Gould as Clown, Lord, and Gentleman. Christopher Jean as Antigonus, Old Shepherd, Servant, Lord, and Rogera. Jim Lickscheidel as Autolycus, Jailer, Cleomenes, Officer, and Lord. Christopher Livingston as Florizel and Servant. KT Vote as Paulina and Dorcas. Lisa Volpe as Camillo, Dion, Older Lady-in-Waiting, and Gentleman. Featuring Estelle Parsons as Time. Casting by the Telsey Office. Karen Castle, CSA, and Ada Karamanian, 
voice and text coach, Julie Foe. Episode scripts were adapted and produced by Katherine Eaton. Original music composition, sound design, and mix by Lindsay Jones. Music direction by Andrew Fox. Sound engineering by Sadaharo Yagi and Kabi Kabakoff. Mix engineer and dialogue editor, Larry Walsh and Robert McNabb. Podcast mastering by Greg Cortez at New Monkey Studio. Coordinating producer, Transcend Streaming, Kira Bowie and Liana Keys. Managing producer, Robert Cappadona. Executive producer, Michael Goodfriend. The managing director of business operations and partnerships at Next Chapter Podcasts is Sally Cade Holmes. The Play On podcast series, The Winter's Tale, is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. Visit ncpodcasts.com for more about the Play On podcast series. Visit playonshakespeare.org for more about Play On Shakespeare. Hear more about the Play On Shakespeare podcast series by subscribing to Play On Premium at ncpodcasts.com, where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. And remember, it is required you do awake your faith. Next Chapter Podcasts.